Why choose this green church? I came to TGC because I saw a place where I could grow spiritually and I also saw people who were interested in my well-being in general. They weren't actually trying to force this, um, but it kind of made me stay because I could see that it was genuine. Um, TGC make me feel like this is my home. Like I feel old. I feel like I've always wanted a place where I can showcase myself, where I can be discriminated, where I can express how I feel exactly, and that is what CGV is all about. Everything we do is based on the word of God. You don't manipulate it to our own benefit. Like, you want things good, and that's what we're going to do. That's why I love you. There you have it. You have an insightful show. Father, we thank you. Thank you for a wonderful week so far. We thank you for all we learn. We thank you for growth. Thank you for grace to apply the things we have learned. Thank you because it just keeps getting better and better. And we are growing in maturity in knowledge of you. This evening, as we go into your word, we receive understanding. Our eyes are open to understand you better, to know you clearer, to know your will clearer and clearer, better and better, to understand our forgiveness in you, all right, and that um, it helps us to live better, you know, lives in the name of Jesus. This evening we receive open eyes, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of you. The eyes of our hearts are enlightened. We know the hope to which we are called. We know our glorious narratives because we are saved people. We know more and more the power available to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. All right, so just pray with me this morning briefly. Just pray, just pray in the Holy Ghost. I have understanding. I have understanding. My spirit is alert. I receive the word of God with meekness. I'm alert. My spirit is open to receive the word. Meleke dosa praga das yandiga. Eprado kusia tele progosuzia. Epradia kashate. Elegi esotora. Elepra giandiga. Iadia kashate. Metuza. Iadika. Iadika. Iria kuzate fredege. Epradia kashate. Mato gosa praga daya. We are Latin spirit. Kadarika yandiga. Epragiatu gafa erie kedea. Erusa pradishte gedeko erea kodasas. Mesupre iadiakosa. Matela My heart is open this evening to receive the word. I'm enlightened by the word. I have understanding. I receive God's word with meekness. The word grows me. The word changes me. The word enriches me. It gets better and better for me by the word. Pradega, Yandiga, Rakosa, Pregede, Elusa, Tigafragada, Eneko Sudia, Matiga, Aria Kashati, Reko Suprege, Delike, Dik, Dafra Hasiandi, Epra Diaka Shati, Prago Sutia, Malesusia, keep praying two more minutes, Leko Zuto, Goso, Coprege, Dege, Raka Shati, Gapragadaya, Prede Galizo, Togorasis, Eplegesia, Prade Gashti, Gesus Yande, Elate, Gasupra, Gadi, Yaka Shati, 
lepra gasute kelekete erako soto gosa mate gasiandeka elika praga dash de gasiatika ikuza ke pregede gelizo togo pragada epria diga neko suzia ratega jata brada gasiande oh thank you lord jesus jesus name we have prayed so continue our series this evening our midweek series okay on doctrine of salvation so today we're talking about forgiveness of sin the forgiveness of sin all right the forgiveness of sin so this this these conversations are to you know to deepen our understanding of scripture to take us beyond just being surface believers to go to have knowledge of god you know and his you know his, his redemptive work you know um his plan for our lives and all that okay so these are very important conversations for the mature believer or the believer that wants to mature all right so it's important that we sit down with our notes listening okay um and have a great time with god's word all right so let's go so first question i'll ask question this evening um have you ever pled the blood i plead the blood of jesus uh-huh. so have you ever pled the blood what did it mean to you when you pled the blood okay what did it mean to you were you expecting you know as you're pleading the blood it just as, as sprinkling blood <laughs> okay okay someone said yes all right i have you know sprinkled blood on your in your house on your doorposts all over the house okay what are you trying to achieve <laughs> uh, security right all right okay this one is more common do you drink the communion wine now and then i'm not saying it's bad though please uh-huh. that's on my that's on the point when, when you're drinking it you know when you drink it every day in your house what exactly is in function of the blood you are drinking what exactly okay good what exactly are you trying to achieve so what is the function of the blood of jesus so there's one part of scripture where people use you know to to emphasize that talking on pleading the blood on waging war with the blood Revelation 12 Revelation 12 10 to 11 Revelations 12, 10 to 11. NKJV, NKJV, please. Revelations 12, 10 to 11. NKJV, because this is what people use, okay? And they quote NKJV. Some use NKJV because this is what they used to, to, you know, to, to quote this particular um, doctrine. Are we, to, are we there? Revelations 12, Revelations 12, 10 to 11. We read it together. If you are there, say hi. Say I'm there. Type it in the comment, in the comment section. Okay, I got there first. If you like, we'll catch you. Amen. All right. Let's go together. Then I add, verse 10. Then I heard the loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation together and strength and the kingdom of our God. You should, we said you are there, right? <laughs> okay. Who has NKJV? Who else? Who else is there? NKJV? Who else is there? Let's let's do NKJV. I want us particularly to read how, how people read that that scripture, so it can yeah we have um we can be familiar with what we're talking about. <laughs> yes, it's new New King James version. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> okay, so if you are there on NKJV, say hi. Hi. Where else? Okay, ten seconds. One, two, three, four, five. We are there. All right. Yes, downloading you. Okay, let's go. Let's go together. If you are there, let's go together. Once you go, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, 
now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren, we accuse them before our God day and night has been cast down. 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamp and by the word of their testimony and did not love their lives to the death. Okay, so the Bible says that they overcame him by the word blood of the lamp and by the word of their testimony. Now this is the question. When they overcame him here by the blood, how did they do it? Number one, were they, did they have, is there a several blood in heaven that they are packing the blood from a sprinkling? You have to be thinking this, you have to, have to ask questions, okay? Were they also, you know, telling, you know, telling the devil, I plead the blood against you? Was that what they were doing? All right. So we'll see here that it says in verse 10 that salvation and strength has, and the kingdom of God has come, okay? So we see again the link between the blood and the salvation. All right, so this is, this is the main idea that, you know, we overcame by our salvation. All right, it's not, it's not what we, we get to, we don't get to overcome by pleading the blood I'm coming. We overcame first by our salvation. We see that in 1 John 5, 1 John 5, 4 to 6, and NIV is fine. 1 John 5, 4 to 6, where it says, for everyone that is born of God, look at that, overcomes the world. See, everyone born again is, overcomes the world. See, this is the victory that, that has overcome the world, even our faith. So it is our faith that overcomes the world. Verse 5 says, which, which that overcomes the world, only the one who believes that just son of God, okay, only the one that believes that just son of God overcomes the world. So we'll see that overcoming the world is tied to our believing, our faith in Jesus. So, you know, by being saved, we overcame the world. Let's see verse 6 together. Verse 6, 1 John 5, 6. So this is the one who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ says he didn't come by water alone, but by water and blood. And the Spirit testifies because the Spirit is truth. So again, we'll see the link between the believing, salvation, okay, and the blood. But it is clearly written here, okay, that we overcame by faith, by, you know, saving faith, okay? We overcame by our salvation, okay? So the one that believes in him and is saved is one that has overcome the world, okay? But we can see again the blood reference here, okay? But this is my point, okay? That the idea here is that our salvation is how we have overcome the world and overcome the devil. And the salvation was purchased by blood. So we did not overcome by, by, um, by, by pleading the blood, I'll, I'll, I'll make it clearer, overcome by believing in Jesus. So the one that believes in Jesus is already an overcomer. It's why Paul said, Paul said Romans 8, that we are more than conquerors through Christ that died for us. Look at that. So we became more than conquerors by our salvation through Christ, okay? So when he says here that if I came by the blood of the Lamb, he's not saying if I came by pleading the blood in warfare. No, no, it's our salvation, okay? But chased by the blood that made us overcomers of the world and of the devil. Do you understand? So he didn't say by the blood pled in warfare, no, but by the redemptive work of the blood. That by the blood, you know, by, by, by the blood saving us, by the blood washing us, washing us, washing us off our sins, that is how we overcame the world. So it is what has happened when we got saved. It's not, 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 not talking about what we use in daily warfare with the devil. All right. So the blood bought our redemption, forgiveness of sins, okay? The blood bought our redemption, our forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 1 7. 
Ephesians 1 7. The blood bought our redemption. I didn't say brought, I said bought. Ephesians, Ephesians 1 7. NIV is fine. The blood bought our redemption. Bought. Alright? Are we there together? Ephesians 1 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Look at that. So it says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. See that? That we have redemption through his blood. All right. Now, now we, we, we talk often here about, 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 about redemption means in the Greek, in the Greek word. Who knows it here? Redemption, the Greek word. Said it here two million times, okay? Redemption, the Greek word. Apodetrosis. All right? It's good to remember these things in your head, okay? It's an apodetrosis. It means to buy back by paying a ransom. It means to purchase back by paying a ransom. So in, in being redeemed by blood, God bought us back to himself by paying the ransom of blood. I'll explain that further, okay? So we didn't, we didn't just get saved randomly. A price was paid, and the price is the blood of Jesus. So we are redeemed through his blood, and our sins forgiven. Colossians 1, 13 to 14. 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 Are we there together? Colossians 1, 13 to 14. Studio audience, are we with me? Colossians 1, 13 to 14. 1, 2, go. If you are there, say hi. Colossians 1, 13 to 14. You probably using electronic Bible and assist you with opening it. <laughs> are we there? All right. 1, 2, go. For he has rescued us from the realm of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You see that? So in him, in Christ, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Okay? And it's also this redemption that took us from the realm of darkness into the kingdom of the Son he loves. So our deliverance from devil's dominion, okay, is by our redemption. Our deliverance from the devil's dominion, is by our redemption. So the saved man is free from the devil's dominion. The saved man is free from the devil's dominion. You owe the devil nothing. He has no hold over you. He has no control on you. Okay? But this is our salvation. What was purchased by the blood. Alright? So, if, if A equals B, you know, and B equals C, A equals C, right? So, we were saved from the devil's dominion by the blood of Jesus. It is not what will happen. This is what already happened. Okay? That we are saved from the devil's dominion, okay, by the blood of Jesus. The blood already, you know, shed for our sins. It is not what will happen. This is what already happened. So when you got saved, you stepped into what already happened. So the day you got saved, you got freed from the devil's dominion. So you have no common sense character to fear the devil anymore. It's only ignorance. You have no, 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 no reason to fear the devil, to worry about, about, about witches and wizards. No, only ignorance, okay? Because you have been rescued from his dominion, okay, into the dominion of, of, of Jesus, into, into Jesus' domain. And this gap, you know, we said redemption, that what also emphasizes the margin between what's, what once held you back and where you are now. So this, this idea that Christ didn't just buy you back and put you, let's say your, your problem was here before, it now puts you here. 
No, that word emphasizes the gap between you and what you are purchased from. So it's like saying, it's why Bible says that, you know, that, that in Ephesians 15, 23, that God raised Christ up from the dead and took him far above, he didn't say above, he didn't say a little above, far above all principality, all power, all might, everything like, every that can be named. That's not, not, not Ephesians 2, 6, that we are now seated in him, in that same place far above all things. Do you hear the idea? So the gap between you and what was held you back the gap between you and Satan's dominion is far above. So God has taken you so far from him, he no longer reach you. So you are free from the devil. That's the idea. He didn't just take you a little far. It's far above. So you are far from the things that held you back. You are far from the devil. You are far from his fear. You are far from about the village people. No, Christ has taken you far above, okay, by his blood, okay, by redemption. All right. So, can we still plead the blood? What do you, it depends on what you mean when you say, I plead the blood. What do you mean by this? What do you mean by I plead the blood? If, if, if by pleading the blood, you are assuming that you have to sprinkle blood on the devil and you win, you are being seriously mistaken and confused, okay? If you think when you say, I plead the blood, you just now come and sprinkle my imaginary blood on your problems. <laughs> That's not the idea. All right? If, if, if by pleading the blood, you mean to yourself that you are you, you, reminding yourself you know, what Christ did for you on the cross. The finished work, your redemption. Okay? Then you have a point. When you say I plead the blood, if it means you to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of Christ's finished work, that his blood brought my redemption, brought my freedom, and took me far from the devil, then it makes sense. If it means reminding yourself, I'm also reminding the devil that the devil will see, the blood has paid the price. I am far above you. You have no hold on me. Then you make sense. But stop thinking that there will be manual blood spilled on the devil to save you. No. Okay? It makes sense to the extent that it's a reminder. It is you standing, you know, by faith on what the word has done. Do you understand that? Do you get that? It makes sense if it means to you, you know, that you are reminding yourself and you are standing on what the blood has done. That the blood has redeemed me. Okay? The blood has redeemed me. I owe the devil nothing. He has no control over me. Sin has no grasp on me. Okay? If, 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 if when you plead the blood, that's what you mean, then you, you, you make it otherwise. You're just doing twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are, up above the world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Knowledge is good. The blood has done its work. All right? You stand on what the blood has done and enforce your rights. This knowledge of the finished work of Christ is your weapon. The knowledge is your weapon. Not the symbols. The knowledge is your weapon. The knowledge is your weapon. Alright? Things like communion and rights, they are symbols, okay? They don't save you. Okay? Your knowledge is your weapon. Your knowledge is your weapon. Glory to God. So, at some point, you have to grow beyond, you know, waiting to drink communion wine for, before you can release healing. It's, you don't, you don't put your faith on symbols. Put your faith on God's word. Alright? Don't put your faith in anointing oil. Put your faith in, in, in the Holy Spirit side of you. You have the Holy Spirit side of you. It's bigger than an anointing oil bottle. Amen. So put your faith in the real thing, not, 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 not in the, in the, in the, in the forms, the shadows, the types. Put your faith in the real thing, in the substance. Okay? The blood brought my redemption. 
Okay, boss my healing. So I have the right to healing. It's, it's, it's not just like start drinking communion blood. No, sir, I don't need to. People can, fine, but no, 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 no. As you grow up, grow away, grow away from childish things. Grow, grow to put your faith on the real stuff. Christ lives in me. Glory to God. My hope of glory now. Okay? So build your, build your hope on the real, build your faith on the real deal, not on the, on the, on the substance, on the anointing oil, on the communion bottle and communion wine and stuff like that. Grow up. Grow up. Don't become a, don't become a ritualist. Now when, when you open your bag, you'll see communion wine there and communion biscuits and anointing oil. You must, you must carry it. When you go and travel it's in your box, Okay, when you see your, your shoe here, your jacket here, communion wine, communion biscuits, um, then anointing oil. Don't be a ritualist. You carry God in you, you are okay. You are fully fitted. See, Christ lives in you. What else do you need? You get God lives in you. What else did you need? What else do you need? What, what, what more can they do for you? So that they pour you oil. Christ lives in you. So grow beyond the symbols. Put your faith on the real deal. Christ. Lives in me. Not Christ said, since you land on the sick, I need to recover. You didn't say until you put oil in the hand. No. Lay us on the sick, and the sick will recover. All right. Glory to God. We should know also that without blood, you know, it's a forgetful of sin. Without blood, it's a forgetful of sin. Um, there's a, there is, let me, let, me, let, me, let me take it again. Let's go to Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9 22. Hebrews 9 22. Without blood, Sins are not forgiven. All right? And I'll show us where I'll, I'll, I'll do a breakdown of, of that force. Hebrews 9.22. Hebrews 9.22. Are we there? One, two, go. Hold on. I'm not there myself, Mystic. <laughs> NIV is fine. Don't worry. Okay, are we there? 22. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Okay, so it's that without blood being shed, there is no forgiveness. Why? Why? What is, what is the blood's own with forgiveness? All right. The wages of sin is death. We know that. Okay. That's Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23. That the wages of sin is death. All right. But we also know from Leviticus 17 11. Let's go there. Leviticus 17 11. That's throwback. Leviticus 17 11. Are we there? Want to go? For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Look at that. The life of a thing is in the blood. So when the blood is spilled, okay, the life is spilled. That's the idea. That the life of a thing is in the blood. So when the blood is shed, it's as though the life is shed. Okay? Because when something bleeds out, the thing will die, right? That's the idea. So the blood there signifies the life, represents the life. We said before, the wages of sin is death. So the death of a thing shows that, in this, in this context, that it paid the price for its sin. It is dead. You get. So 
the blood used to signify the life means that when the blood is shed, okay, the price for sin is paid because the wages of sin is, is death. All right. So in the blood being shed, okay, it's signifying, you know, the life being shed and it's signifying the price for the sin being paid. Well, I'm saying there also that, you know, even right, right from the covenant, you know, God, God instituted um, atonement for souls by the spilling of blood. Now, not human blood, let's, let's have sense, okay? <laughs> not human blood, okay? But in that, in that case, he used the blood of animals to symbolize and to foreshadow what was to come. All right? So in your covenant, okay, you know, it was in types and symbols. Okay, so the blood of animals then was spilled in as a ransom to foreshadow the ransom that Christ would do. Do you get that? Is it clear enough? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Hmm. Amen. All right, is that clear enough? Let me take it again. The old covenant, okay was in types and shadows, symbols, you know, to foreshadow, to give us, you know, to give them an idea, a prophecy of what was to come. So the blood of animals being spilled then, you know, was a ransom foreshadowing the ransom that Christ would do. All right? In that, even then, you know, the blood of animals and, you know, of bulls and cows and goats could not get the job done. It wasn't doing... It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't saving anybody, okay? It was just God, you know, preparing their minds, preparing their history for what was to come. Okay, because when you think about it, okay, man sinned. Animals did not sin. So animals' blood cannot be for man's sin. That cannot be a perfect sacrifice. All right? That's number one. Number two, you know, the blood of animals, when, 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 when Romans, Romans 8, Romans 7, 8, 9, okay, could not wash away sins could not wash away their conscience. It was just, you know, so just a temporary cover to make them covenant conscious, to make them aware of what was to come, okay? On its own, it could not cleanse their conscience. It could not purify them. It was just, you know, a cover to say, okay, um, I've done this, so for the, for the next one year, I'm covered. So every year, they'll come back again and do the same thing. It was a yearly sacrifice. So every year, they were to renew, renew, you know, the covenant with God by spilling the blood of animals. So that's when we come, brings animal, layers on it, okay, to say, okay, you know, um, to, to, put, to put symbolically his guilt on the animal. So when the animal is shed, okay, his guilt is, is covered, okay? But the shedding of animal blood could not wash away sin, and, you know, and, uh, and the nature of sin in them. All right? It could not cleanse the conscience of the worshiper. It could not purify or save them. Let's go to Romans 9. Let's read Romans 9 together. Romans 9. It's long, but let's do all of it. Romans 9. That's where the bulk of this, of this conversation is. Romans 9. Sorry, Hebrews 9. <laughs> Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9. Are we there? Everybody there? It's a long read, so um, I need a reader, so we can just... It's a long read. I need a reader. Hebrews 9. 
Yeah. Now, the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. The tabernacle was set up in its first room where the lamb stand and the table with its consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered ark of the covenant. This ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of the glory, overshadowing the atonement cover. But we cannot discuss these things in details now. When everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshipper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washing, external regulations applying until the day of the new order. So until the time of the new order. Right. Go on, go on, 11. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that it is to say, that is not a part of this creation. Just take it again. That, that, is, that is not a part of this creation. That it, is to say... That is to, that is to say, it is not a, part, not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and cows, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Yeah. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that led to death so that we may serve the living God? For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. In the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it because a will is in force only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. When Moses had proclaimed every command of the law to all the people, he took the blood of cows together with water, scarlet wool, and branches of isop, and sprinkled the scroll and all the people. Hmm. He said, this is the blood of the covenant, which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremony. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices 
than this. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood that is not his home. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world, but he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to be a sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for Hallelujah. So we see that, okay, that, number one, it says that, um, that you know, in, in the earthly temple, everything was cleansed by blood. Okay, the corpse, everything was cleansed by blood. The people also, they will come yearly, you know, to offer this, you know, to, with their sacrifices every year. Okay, so, you know, they did that every year, once a year, every year. But in the case of Christ, okay, you know, say this, they will come every year to, 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 to offer sacrifices, even the priest to bring, bring, bring sacrifices, you know, for the people, you know, the, for himself and for the people, right? And he says to every year to, to show the imperfection that it was not perfectly done every, every time. So it has to be done every year because it was an imperfect and incomplete sacrifice. All right? So it, could, it was only a matter of ceremonial cleansing, cleansing them outwardly, but not cleansing their conscience from acts that lead to death. This is the idea. You know, the, 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 the shedding, the sprinkling of, of animal blood could not redeem them, could not save them. Could not cleanse them from inside out. Could not make them new creations. All right? Could not pay the price for sin. All right? When Christ came, you know, Christ, you know, um, with his own blood, okay, number one, he had no sin. So his sacrifices were not about his own sin. So number one, he had no sin to, to, to plead for himself for. So that makes his sacrifice, you know, Bind them because it was, it was no longer about him, but about the people. Okay, and also you know, being a perfect ransom because was a perfect was man and he was God. So his, his, his sacrifice could be credited, you know, to everyone that believes instead of, instead of just being a payment for his own sin. Are you following? We appear to be on our phones. Are you following? All right. So, he had to be God, and he had to be man. He had to be man because man sinned, okay? And the best ransom for, for man's sin is man, because the wages of sin is death, all right? He had to also be God, okay? So, that, so, that, so, that, so that his righteousness will be God's and not man's. So that, so that also is the problem in between God and man. So that so so satisfies the requirement of God-likeness, and man likeness. Alright? You have to be God also. So, so, so salvation, you know, will be, will be from God to us, on end by man. So, so it's still not what, what we worked for, but something that God did from start to finish. You have to be man also to be a worthy high priest, because the high priest can, the high priest represents you. So the high priest should be, you know, should be from one of you, should be, should be man. He has to be God also to reconcile us to God because God is a great party. All right? And we see his perfection, you know. One, one read about, about, the, about the old covenant lamp. 
talks about it, you know, a lamb without blemish, without any spot or wrinkle. Okay, so in, without any yeah, a lamb without blemish, no defects, no no issues, no broken leg, no broken arm, a perfect, you know, well-looking lamb. So it also foreshadowed, you know, the, 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 the sinlessness, the lack of blemishness of the Lamb of God that will be shed for our sins, you know, in the man Christ. So that the sacrifice is perfect and forever because, you know, it meets all the requirements. There is no need for a yearly renewal, okay, or to keep watching your back for fear of missing heaven or fear of judgment. Okay, that Christ entered into the holies of holies, okay, and paid the price for our sins once and for all. Once and for all. So that when you put your faith in Jesus, okay, your, the price for your sins are paid once and for all. Your sins are forgiven. So it's no longer about you um, remembering, remembering to... Say to, to confess your sins, okay? Every, every night before you go to bed at night, you have to remember to sit down, you know, on your bed and begin to count your, go through your entire day and be looking for what you sinned. Now, you, you, you should not be having to, you know, look for sins to say sorry for. But if you are praying, something comes to your heart, you know, maybe you, made, you did a wrong, you know, you made a mistake or something like that. You know, what should you do? Talk about it, okay? Okay, God, I, I goofed there. That was not cool. I won't do that again. But that is not what saves you. Okay, of course, you, 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 should be, you should repent of every bad thing you've done, right? But it, it, is not, it is not in you now going back to look for all your sins, to say, I'm sorry for all of them, that saves you. The one you didn't remember will not unsave you, will not send you to hellfire. Okay, so the idea is to know that, that Christ has paid the price for your sin. That what saves you is the price that Christ paid, and your faith in the price he has paid. It is not in you, you know, confessing your sins, remembering them, and saying, I'm sorry for them. Hallelujah. So the sacrifice for sin is perfect and forever. Okay? Perfect and forever. So because of this, okay, God is not remembering your sins. He's not counting your sins against you. God is not holding your sins over your head. So there, are people, there are people struggling with what they did three years ago, what they did two years ago. No. God is not holding your sins against you. It says in Hebrews 8.12 that you forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. So God is not holding your sins over your head. Let yourself go. Be free of the guilt. Be free of the doubt. There are people that think that when they pray and God doesn't answer because of the sin they did when they were nine years old. Come on. God has forgiven you. Move on. Don't let the devil hold your past mistakes over your head. Okay? Some people are sick in their bodies for years and they think it's because of what they did five years ago. If you have repented, repented of, of any sin, if you, if you have repented from it, you know, there is nothing, there is no reason why that sin, why that sin, you know, will be why God did not answer you. He's not counting your sins against you. Okay? He said he will, he will forgive your wickedness and remember your sins no more. So Christ has forgiven you your wickedness, okay? And remembers your sin no more. Yours is to, you know, to believe and get, you know, believe and receive your salvation, you know, and your faith in Jesus, okay? And, and that is that. All right? Awesome. So the, the price for sin is paid, and it's paid once and for all. A perfect price, okay? Paid, you know, with blood. Hallelujah. All right. So I want to share something briefly also. 
Now, when we look at how the OT saints were declared righteous, we need, to, we need to remember this part of it, okay, that none of these, none of, none of, none of, of course, because of the work they did, okay, they were all declared righteous by faith. When you go back, you know, when we say we are saved by faith, by faith, by grace through faith, we tend to think that it's a new thing. But when you can, when you look at scripture, you know, even the OT saints were saved by faith, by grace through faith. Let me show you how. <laughs> Romans 3.20. Romans 3.20. Romans 3.20. It says, By works of the law shall no flesh be declared righteous or justified. Galatians 2.16. By works of the law shall no flesh be declared righteous. So nobody in the past, in the present or future, will be declared righteous because he did well. Okay, that nobody, you know, could have, could have by, by, by his works, okay, um, met God's righteous requirements. Not David, not Abraham, nobody, okay? So we see, when, when we talk about, talks about Abraham, Romans 4, 1 to 8. Romans 4, 1 to 8. Romans 4, 1 to 8. We are all saved by, by, by faith. Everybody saved by putting, putting his faith, you know, in, in God. I'll, I'll explain how. Romans 4, 1 to 8. Romans 4, 1 to 8. Are they the same? I'm there. Let's go together. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. Verse 3. What does Scripture say? Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, which is accredited as a gift, not as, an, not as, a, as a gift, but an obligation. Verse 5, however, to the one who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, their faith credited as righteousness. Verse 6, David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness, Apart from works, seven blessed are those whose traditions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is is, the, is one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. So we see that it says Abraham wasn't justified by works. Okay, he believed God, and God declared him righteous. So we see that even Abraham, righteousness was not because he was not was not because you know he earned it. Okay. He believed God, and God declared him righteous. All right? So this is the idea that every OT saint, okay, was declared righteous by believing what God showed them about himself in their dispensation. Do you understand that? They were declared righteous by believing to the extent of what God has showed them in their dispensation. So they were all saved by faith in God. And in this, okay, it was, it was God putting, you know, an, I, an IOU on the, the grace of Christ to save them in the past. Here's the idea. Did you get that? That God put an IOU on the blood of Christ to save them. So they were saved, you know, in... There's, I'm looking for the right English, to, right English to use. They were saved, you know, based on what Christ would do. 
So it's why, even when they died, they could not go to heaven. Like, what were they? Abraham's person. Okay? Up until when Christ died and rose again, they all rose, they all rose with him then, okay? And the Bible says that the people saw saints, you know, saints appeared to people on the you get my point here. So they were saved, you know, in a, not, I don't think it was saved. They were declared righteous, okay, in advance of what Christ would do. How? By believing what they knew about God in their dispensation. So this is the idea that salvation was always a work of faith. Being declared righteous was always a work of faith, okay? And it was always about the blood of Jesus. All right? So the blood redeemed us. The blood purchased our forgiveness, okay? And because the blood, you know, has been shed, okay, the perfect price has been paid forever, okay, we can always approach God with confidence, you know, with boldness to receive mercy and grace in times of need. That you never feel too sinful to approach God. Why? The price has been paid in Christ. So no, no matter how far gone you are or what you have done, you know, your guilt, your shame, your worries, your anxiety, that if you come before God with sincerity, he will never turn you back. Why? The price has been paid for your redemption. In 1 John 1, 9-11, that it says, if we confess our sin, is what? Faithful and just what? To forgive us and to what? Cleanse of, of, of all righteousness. So for God not to forgive you when you come to him, will be God being unrighteous and being unjust. Why? The price has been paid. So it's like saying that, it's like saying, it's like saying, um, you, you gave, let, 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 me, let me explain like this, that I owe you, I owe you 200k. Okay? My brother comes to give you 200k. Oh my behalf, what does he mean? I no longer owe you. Do you understand? To now still say I owe you will be unfair. Will be you being unjust? That's happened here. That in Christ paying the price for our sin, the price is paid. Okay, so that you know when 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 you come before God sincerely to receive you know this this free of our forgiveness, it cannot turn you down. Why? Because the price has been paid for your sin. Now, not only not only your past sin, your price for sin has been paid. Your past present and future. Why? Christ has died for your sins once and for all. He can't die again. His blood being shed means that you are forgiven past, present and future. So while it, it, while it doesn't mean you go about, go about sinning, right? But it means that you, you, are, you are not you are not walking in fear you know of God. Or in no, 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 I'm not saying fear as respect to you're not walking in dread. Of God, and you're not getting dread of, of of God to punish me. You know, you are walking, you know, in the liberty of sons of God, and you live free without the guilt. You know, it's so sad that people, you did you did it right, but, but you've told God you are sorry, but you are still feeling you are still feeling afraid and guilty. Now God can God can still give you know, key with thunder. Come on, guy, you have been forgiven. Let the guilt go, let the shame go, let the worry go. Okay, Christ has paid the price for your sin. And whoever comes to God, he will by no means deny. Even Paul, after Paul had killed Christians, okay, God forgave him. In fact, God came for him. Okay, how, how, how better can it be that Paul, as I call himself, you know, the worst of sinners, receives mercy and receives grace? How much more you? So when you, when you make a mistake, when, when you commit a wrong, you know, don't stay there. 
Stop feeling sinful. Stop feeling, stop feeling like, 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 you know, like you are trash. You are sh- no. You have been bought with the blood. Okay? You are, you are, you are, you are before God. Worthy. You are valuable. What should you do? You know? Repent of that sin. Okay? Then you repent of the sin. Okay? Then you, okay? Then you tell God, okay, this particular sin, um, yes, I, I goofed. Okay? There's no, 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 no line about it. No, no excuses. I go right, Lord. I'm actually genuinely sorry. Okay, um, I, I need your mercy. I need your your, your mercy, your help to walk this journey of talking about this without repenting offense. Okay, and that's that. It's not holding it against you. As long as you genuinely repent of that sin, you know there's mercy and grace available to help you. Okay, to walk through. It's like saying that you know you have a child. You know that you know while trying to. While trying to walk, it falls out. You do. Bring up, you bring about that child up. You pet him. You teach him. Okay, this is how you do it. Okay, and and on top of it, grows and stop falling down. You know, like that again. Or it poops on his pants. Okay, what does it do? And and it comes. Daddy, I, I pooped. Okay, you can scold a bit, right? What do you do? You clean up the mess. Change his diaper, okay, and help him to keep going clean. So when you make a mistake, okay, stop running from God. He's not out to hurt you. He's not out to kill you. He's your loving father, okay. If your earthly father did not kill you when he pooped in your pants, okay, your heavenly father would not kill you for making a mistake. What should you do? Run back to him, okay, and receive, you know, receive the mercy and grace already in your account, okay, and get back up again and keep going. All right. So don't let don't let your mistakes keep you far from God. Or what should you do? Repent genuinely. Go back to his loving arms and continue your journey. Continue your journey. Okay? We are all in this process of growth. We are all growing. So while growing, it's likely you make some mistakes. Christ knew. Okay? He knew you make mistakes. Okay? In your journey to growth, you will make mistakes. But don't let your mistakes define you. Don't let your mistakes, you know, um, give you a new identity. You are forgiven in Christ. You are a child of God. You are growing and getting better. What should you do? Just keep going. Just keep going. Christ has bought, you know, your forgiveness by his blood. And his blood cannot be returned. Okay? So once you have put your faith in him, okay, and you genuinely repent of, repent of, of, of your shortcomings, you have nothing to worry about. Someone says, but yes, pastor, last week I said sorry. By Tuesday again, this week I've done it again. Uh, Keep going, keep going back to your father. Keep going back to him. You are growing, you are learning. Okay? Now, will it not make sense for you to not give up? Because you're tired of trying, you not give up. How does that help your case if you give up? This doesn't help you. What helps you? Keep running to God. Keep asking for help. Keep asking for wisdom. Okay? And learn more and more to yield to his wisdom, to yield to you to his correction. It will get better. It will get better. When you see someone who looks like he has grown and it's looking perfect, even though it's not perfect, right? But we all grew through a process. We, we all had times when, when, when we look like this issue, I, I think I'll never get out of this issue, but we all grew. I've had, I've had my times also when I thought that like issue, it cannot stop. But it, has, it stopped. Glory to God. We all got better. We all grew. We all get better. So forgive yourself because Christ has forgiven you. It also means that as believers, when you find a fellow believer that is struggling with sin, any, anything at all, you know, don't be quick to to don't be quick to condemn, don't be quick to judge. Show them the message you are, that you too found in Christ. Don't be quick to say, "Oh, you dead, you sinner." No, show them the mercy you found in Christ. Pray for them, help them up, forgive easily, 
love easily, move on easily, okay? Show them the love that God has shown you also in Christ. So you that, 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 that you're forgiven in Christ, also be a forgiver. Be a forgiver. You may commit many sins. God forgive you. Learn also to, to give mercy and forgiveness to those that hurt you. All right? The blood that paid for your sin also paid for theirs. Give mercy. Forgive easily. All right? As we practice these things, we will grow. See, there's something about, about, about guilt that makes sin repeated. That the more guilty you feel about that sin, if you're not careful, okay, you do it again. Okay? But the Bible says godly sorrow, okay, brings repentance. So, there's godly sorrow and there's, devilish, there's <laughs> worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow takes you back to God. Any sorrow that, that, that takes you away from God is not godly sorrow. Any, sor- any sorrow that makes you leave God, leave church, because you may complain a mistake, okay? It's not godly sorrow, it's worldly sorrow, okay? Godly sorrow, no matter how bad what you have done is, should bring you back to God and say, God, I offended you right, I'm sorry. Even David did not run from God when he did the worst. David ran to God instead, okay? So practice running to God. No matter how, 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 how low you think you have gone, how far, you've, you know, how far, you, how far low you've, you know, you've, you've gone, what you did, practice running back to God, okay? Let his, let his help get you standing. Let his grace keep you strong. So run to God, not away from God. Why? He has forgiven your sin. The perfect price has been paid for your sin, okay? So he's not holding them against you. you yours is just to know, okay, when, when, you, when you goof, genuinely repent of those sins, okay, and get yourself going. Hallelujah. Are we blessed this evening? All right, hallelujah. Are we blessed? Just give God thanks. Thank you for your thanks for forgiveness. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Because your blood, you know, purifies us from inside out. Because your blood, you know, gives us a new nature. Hallelujah. Your blood has cleansed us from inside out. Okay. Now we have a good conscience, a good heart, you know, that is eager and willing to do what is right. Thank you. Because we are dead to dead works, you know. We, we, we are dead to, to the sin that once held us back. We have been taken far above. Far above that old of sin, that love of sin, we're taking far above it, and now we see sin as something below us. Not this evening, we thank you because we are growing in this knowledge, and more and more and more we appreciate and understand our forgiveness. More and more and more, you know, we appreciate and understand our, our righteousness that we have been bought, but we have been redeemed, and now you know we can stand before you with, without guilt, without shame, because of what you have done. Lord, we thank you for these things. We thank you. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for redemption by the blood. Thank you for the blood. So I stand without guilt. I stand without shame. Yes, I know I did those things. I did them. I did them. Yes, I did them. But you are forgiving me. Hallelujah. Your blood has, has brought my forgiveness. Hallelujah. So I stand without, without shame, knowing that you are forgiving me. And today, you know, I commit again to... To live in this life of, of, of love, of forgiveness, of righteousness. I commit to, you know, by your help and strength, to live right, to live honorably, you know, to live as a child of God, you know, to, 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 to put um, a premium, to put, to put respect on the fact that you died to pay for my sins and knowing this, to live right, to yield, my, to yield my members, you know, to good behavior, to righteous behavior. Thank you for that, for strength. 
Does anyone, you know, struggling with weakness, he needs to abandon right now, you receive strength. You receive the strength to live right. Strength for righteousness. Strength to live it out. You are strengthened with might by your spirit, your inner man. That old of sin over you is destroyed. Because why? Christ has redeemed you. You are redeemed. You have been taken far from the thing that, was, that once held you back. You have been taken far from sin and it's old over you. So I prefer right now that these things become a reality, a reality in your experiences in the name of Jesus. You, you begin to experience this freedom from sin. You experience this, 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 um, this, this strength to say no to sin in the name of Jesus. Somewhere that you know that it looks like this particular battle, you never win it. This, this, this evening, I speak to you victory. I speak to you victory. Victory in your spirit over this sin, over this, over this addiction. There is victory for you in the name of Jesus. There is victory for you in the name of Jesus. You rise above the things that once held you back in the name of Jesus. From now, I begin to experience new strength, new grace, new vigor. In your work with God, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Offering time. <laughs> okay, so we are online, so we're going to give it electronically. Amen. So our account numbers will be on your screen and in your description if you're on Spreaker. All right? I will also call them out. Please hold on. Okay, so if you are giving in Naira, our account number, our account name, this Green Church, and the bank is Guarantee Trust Bank. This Green Church, Guarantee Trust Bank. So if you are giving in Naira, 042 042-5390396. 042-5390396. So I give it in dollars, 0456542234. 0456542234. If you want to give it to your ATM cards, go to the website, thisgreenchurch.org forward slash give. Thisgreenchurch forward slash, thisgreenchurch.org forward slash give. Father, we thank you for our givings. We are glad to partner with you in giving. Thank you because, you know, you bless us. You provide for us. You give us the power to make wealth. You meet our needs. Father, we thank you for these things. And if as we give, we work much more in this reality. We receive ideas, inspiration, wisdom, favor, opportunities, the strength to, to use the opportunities, wisdom for it in the name of Jesus. We are productive. We are wise. We are discerning. We, we, know, we, we take the right steps. You know, we, we, we do the right actions in the name of Jesus. And we express your favor with people in the name of Jesus. So we call every urgent bill paid. That need is met. That bill is paid. There is favor. There is productivity for you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because our needs are met. Our bills are paid. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Hey, hope you were blessed by the sermon. Feel free to visit our website, www.thisgreenchurch.org, for more info. God bless you.